This is your favorite podcaster, Romina, and you just tuned in to RM Podcast FL. Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome back to RM Podcast FL. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. I know we haven't met guys in about a week now, and I just want to apologize a little bit for being MIA on social media, but I promise you it's for a very good reason. So recently I got hired as a marketing project manager, and if you guys listen to the podcast regularly, you will very well know that that's one of my dream jobs. Like, that was a big goal for me. And a little secret, you guys, let me tell you, if I didn't do a podcast, if I didn't learn about marketing, if I didn't learn about WordPress, if I didn't learn about video editing, if I didn't learn about transcribing, if I didn't learn about um, newsletters, and a lot, a lot more, I would be so totally lost in my new position. But what I'm trying to say, you guys, is if you have a goal, you need to put your work towards it. You need to work day in and day out. And I don't even know how many hours I've spent podcasting or building audio together, just trying to do everything. And sometimes I feel lost. Like, have you ever done something like you're really passionate about, but you feel like giving up because you're like, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, am I doing this for a bigger purpose? And when you feel like you want to quit, that's when you shouldn't because you came so far along from where you started and you learned so much throughout the process that you have no idea of how much you're, you've improved. So what I'm trying to say, you guys, is if you ever doubted yourself and you legit wanted to quit and you legit did not want to do something for so long, but you're really, truly passionate about, I want you to suck it up and I want you to keep going. Because if you quit, you have to start from scratch again. So one of the things that I struggle with right now is time management. But I'm so committed to bringing new episodes to you guys every week. And I've done interviews and I want to bring the best interviews out there and just present my my audience with information every time. I don't want to be like a repeat or a broken record touching the same topic, topics over and over. So... Today's episode is actually um, one of those episodes that I'm very glad we brought it here. Uh, We're going to talk about mastering the family business world. Now, if you ever wanted to run a business or if you ever started a business and it was a family business or even somebody from your household or from a close circle of friends or friendships, friends, hello, uh, friends, uh, wanted to just help you out, um, sometimes... It can be for good because they genuinely want to help you out, but sometimes it can be overwhelming. Like, for example, me, I know for a fact that I would never love to work with some family members of mine or some of my friends. Like, I love them to death. I know they're hard workers, but I you have to know who you bring in the business because, like, having a... A family lovey-dovey relationship and having a business relationship is like two two whole people. I don't know if you guys think like that, but I sometimes I feel like that. And I tell my parents too. I say if I run a business, I wouldn't work with you guys because how they do their stuff, how I do my stuff, it's very different. But let me tell you, I was wrong for this because uh, through the conversation with Mark, I got to know more of how you can actually work with your family and keep the drama away from the business world. So I don't want to lose a lot of time. I do want to let you guys know that Mark went ahead and offered all of our listeners 50% off on his training class, which I've attached the information below for the reluctant leaders. So definitely make sure to take advantage of it. And all the links are attached for Mark. He's been running a family business for over 30 years and now he's helping others out there to master their own family business and to take the business to a whole different level. So without losing any time, I'm going to let you guys listen to this interview. I hope you really enjoy it. Sorry again for being MIA, but never quit you guys, okay? Never, ever, 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 ever quit. Never quit. <laughs> Don't forget to leave us a five star also on Apple Podcasts, you guys. Now I'll let you listen to the episode. Enjoy.
So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to RM Podcast FL. Thank you for investing your time and being a part of this interview today. Today's guest speaker is Mark Terrell, all the way from United Kingdom, UK. So we are conducting this online, guys. This just shows you what is the powerful, what is the power of digital age nowadays. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm pretty good, thank you, Romina. Yeah, yeah looking forward to the uh, our chat. So yes, I'm, 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 all, I'm all good, thanks. Absolutely. Well, first, I want to thank you for taking your time and being part of this podcast. I know we are a couple of hours difference in there. So mm -hmm. I'm definitely excited about this one. Cool. Yeah. And as you were saying earlier, you're coming over this way sometime. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all good. Hopefully, yes. It's time for me to make another trip to Europe, even though I haven't been there in eight years. <laughs> Indeed. Let's see here. Okay, Mark, so I'll pass on the mic to you. If you want to tell us a little bit about Young You to Today, walk us through your life. Okay, so young, uh, young me till today. So um, I went to school obviously in the UK and when it came to um, my 16th birthday, um, it, uh, back in those days, you have to make a decision whether you stay at school or, um, or leave. Now, um, I was doing pretty well and I had the option to stay on and do what we call over here A-levels, which is advanced level um, education before you go to university or college. Um, but, um, a year and a half before that, my dad had started a business, a retail business, uh, convenience stores, and that business was growing quite quickly. And he had earmarked me to join the business. And I had a bit of a dilemma at that stage was whether I stayed on at school or whether I left and joined the family business. And, um, in the end, my dad won out. He was quite um, persuasive and decided, and uh, I, I decided to leave school and join that business. And I, I, I joined the business and um, helped grow it um, and um, worked in that business for about 30 years until a point uh, after about 15 years or so, I basically took, took charge, became the leader of that business um, because I was the person that was making all the decisions in most cases. I was the person that was introducing new technology and all those sort of things. And when it came to someone to take over from a dad who stepped away to do other things, then I sort of stepped into that role. And um, so I, um, I, I did that for a while, but I lost um, a little bit of my mojo around that role. And, and that is part of what I do now is where I talk about the reluctant leaders of the world, where you get to a point where you have to take charge, uh, you have to lead a business. And you have to have certain skills. Uh, and if you haven't got them, then it becomes quite difficult um, and you start failing. Um, I wouldn't say that I failed, but I did struggle. And actually, I didn't really enjoy it, uh, mainly because the things that my key motivators um, weren't being met and the things that I don't uh, that um, don't really motivate me, I was spending most of my time doing. Um, so eventually that business we sold. Uh, we had an approach from a, a a large retailer that wanted to buy uh, one of our stores, which is I, uh, the, the store I was running, and give me the opportunity to do what I do now. And that is I do uh, mainly leadership training uh, and coaching with business owners and also people that have uh, found themselves in a position of leadership and have never had any formal training. Uh, and that's uh, that's a, a quick whistle-stop tour of... Um, 30 odd years of um, joining that business and, and what I do now. So what did you say was the hard part for you running a family business and in one way or another, because your leader is and your mentor is really your father. Yeah. Well, it was quite tricky in that yeah, yeah, my dad sort of stepped away and basically handed the reins over to me. Um, and one of the, the most difficult things was to, I had to um, work very closely with my younger brother. Uh, in effect, I had to manage him. And um, that's quite, quite tough, really, um, because, you know, you have to be brother and you have to be a sort of boss role at the same time. And that's one of the challenges of a family business that, um, you know, it's an extra complication and it just um, it just takes a little bit more um, energy and um, I suppose emotional intelligence to understand what's going on. It's not just about the business, it's about actually maintaining family ties and uh, relationships as well so there's an extra extra sort of element to um to think about 
So I'm Albanian originally, and it's a very uh, popular thing that whenever uh, somebody owns a business, they're going to first hire like family members or cousins instead of hiring somebody that might be the right skill for it. They're going to hire somebody to do a favor. Is there something that mm -hmm. happened with you in the business or is this something that happens in UK as well? Yeah, I think it's quite common. There's, um, there's, there's a, a lot of family businesses in the UK, that's for sure. Um, and there's some very big family businesses um, and there's also lots lots of small ones so I, I there is a um, I think the contribution for family businesses in the UK is um, something like about um, 40 to 50 percent of um, GDP something like that so it's very significant uh, when you take into account all the all the different businesses that are basically formed from a family unit so for somebody that might be starting wanting to start a business with family members or mm -hmm. uh, they currently have a business with family members, looking back at your experience, what yeah. advice would you give to them to try to keep that, if it's possible, um, I don't know if it's possible, mm. to keep that, you know, work professional uh, relationship and that family relationship because mm -hmm. at work you might need to be critical sometimes for needing to see production or needing to see you know better work being done. How do you how do you manage that? Well, I think the most important thing you've got to be really clear on is why the business exists, uh, what is its purpose, uh, and, and what it what is it you actually are delivering, whichever you know whichever sector you're working in, and also then be very clear on your values. Um, and you know most families have got values um, and making them clear, making them visible, making them so you talk about them a lot, so that when things go wrong, and things aren't maybe going quite to plan, rather than making it a, a personal attack on maybe individuals, you just say, well, actually, what's just happened really isn't aligned with the business and the family values. So we need to sort of have a ch chat about this. So try to uh, introduce that sort of language rather than it becoming um, almost like a you know a slanging match um, between two family members that maybe are not seeing things the same way, and and, and I think another good idea is to have a sort of family business sort of council where you discuss things and make sure that you you get things out in the open, uh, and when things are going well, still make sure you do it. But obviously, when things are going wrong, um, obviously make sure that you're dealing with it as you would. In a, in a normal business scenario and, and doing it professionally and, and with respect for everyone. And I think this is a great advice, not only for family businesses, for even for businesses in general, because even if you have a small family business or a big business, um, if you don't make it a personal attack, but actually talk about values, and you did mention a great point, like the why the mm. business exists, I feel like that would help everybody because everybody needs to be on the same page towards business improvement. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. A spot on. Exactly. It's about understanding yeah, why the business exists and not just about making money. There must be something else as well. I'm sure that, um, that needs to be talked about and made sure that it's, it's, it's part of the day to day, you know, focus. So you mentioned something, um, the biggest reason why you actually left the business, not only because you guys got acquired, um, but also it's because you start feeling like you had to do stuff just because it needed to be done, but not necessarily feel motivated. Yeah, was, yeah. That, was this step hard for you to go from a guaranteed position, for example, to explore mm. to a new chapter? Like, how was that experience? Um, well, it was a bit of a, it's quite an emotional thing to leave a business that you've been running for 30 odd years. That's for sure. I can remember when we went and took our staff out when we were just about a few days away from handing the keys over. Um, it, it was quite difficult actually when I went to talk and make a little bit of a speech, I actually got quite choked up about it because it's, 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 it's surprising how, you know, emotional you, uh, attachment you have to something you've been doing for a long time. Uh, it's only when you get to that position where you have to talk about it that it, it um, sort of wells up. Um, so that that it was tricky a little bit. Then obviously you, you then got to find your find your feet as to what happens next, uh, and, that, and that did take a little while to be honest. And obviously I had thirty years of experience of doing running a business, uh, growing it, and then ultimately selling it. Um, but I still didn't know how that fitted in with what I was going to do. Um, and I started to set myself up as a consultant, and then I sort of talked about being a coach. Then I actually moved to be a family business coach, which seemed to make sense because I've been in that sort of environment. But actually what I do now is actually 
um, help people that follow my sort of um, story and my and my path in that I I was um, I ended up leading a business and I've when I got to that position I was ill-prepared I didn't have the know-how the mindset the process and skills to really do that job well and consequently I struggled um, so that's the, the thing I, I concentrate on now is helping the reluctant leaders of the world um, to enjoy their role get the most from it uh, and to um, help them leave a, a lasting legacy of some sort so what did you um i know you said it was an emotional decision and it was a lot of emotions being included which just like whenever you go from one phase of your life to another one like as much as we try to be logical emotions are something that we live with day in and day out yeah. um if you don't mind sharing like what did you consider a mistake that probably you made in that time frame something that you've learned and it became a teachable moment for you in the future be because you made an emotional decision while you were changing paths? Um, I, I think sort of like what I've described really, that I, I went down a logical route and I thought, oh, I could do this because I've, I've sort of run this or I can, I can give some logical um, advice on how to run a business. But actually, that's not really my forte. My forte is about the people. Uh, I'm very people focused. I know it from my, my um, color, personality um, persona um, and I know also from my motivations that that's where I, I, I I'm happiest is working on the people side of the business rather than the logic and the process side of business I can do it I've done it for a long long time but naturally I, I'm more focused on helping the people in, within the business and that's what I concentrate on on now so you would say seeing successful moments when people, whenever you teach them, like that gives you a, a different satisfaction? Yeah, it's, it's actually being clear on, you know, or actually in touch with the things that really you really enjoy doing. And the thing is that it, not, it might not necessarily be the things that you're best at, because you might be really something really, you might be really good at something, but actually it's not something that really lights you up and motivates you. So that's the, the trap that I see a lot of people going down is that they do carry on doing something that they were quite, they're quite good at. Uh, and then they get promoted to a position of then um, managing people in that, that role. And then that becomes a real burden and they don't enjoy it. Um, so it's, it's, it's understanding what it is that really gets you out of bed in the morning and making sure that those things are really at the forefront of what you do in the main. You can't obviously, uh, only do those things but if you can make sure that predominantly your role incl uh, includes and, and is uh, uh, involved with the things that really do drive you then then you're going to be a happier bunny and also you're going to perform better so that answer kind of fit really good with the uh with the with the next question because i feel like motivation changes from time to time like for example what motivated me five years ago is not the same as today so how do we keep a track of it what do you see like what are the factors that motivate each other like like within the over time frame well the, the, that's a really good point and and it's really uh, it's something that we need to keep a check on um it's like um when we are um looking after our fitness and we've you know we've trained to you know to run a marathon we don't once we've run that marathon we don't just stop doing all, all physical activity we have to maintain our our fitness and the same goes with motivation We've got to maintain what it is that motivates us, be, be aware of it. And so we can take uh, action around it to make sure that we are taking the right steps, even if, whether it's when, our, when we're running our business or whether we are um, uh, planning our next move in our career, whichever that is, then if you know what it is that motivates you, you can make sure that the role that you take on is actually going to, to fulfill those motivations. How do you... Um how do you strip away the society's expectations to find your true motivation because everybody wants to be entrepreneur because it's trendy and it's cool and everybody puts this awesome facade on social media yeah. how do you get to the root of what really motivates someone well the motivation apps will, will pull that out as to why they set up their business and it would be probably around things like making a difference and um, having freedom and being maybe a specialist or, or something around those, that sort of um, that motivation. 
Um, and what I, what I see quite often is we talk about entrepreneurs. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs actually aren't motivated by money and they're also not motivated by um, promoting themselves and they can potentially be their Achilles heel. So in other words, they're not focusing on the money they're, they're focusing on making a difference, creating freedom and all those things. But if you're not showing enough, um, um, if you're not focused enough on the money and making money, then ultimately you don't make money and you see it all the time. Uh, people talking about making a difference, but actually, are they actually creating business that's sustainable? And also the other thing is about promoting themselves, understanding that um, if you go into business, especially if it's on your own, or it's like a solopreneur that you, you do your own thing, then one of the most important things you've got to understand is that you have to learn to understand that you have to promote yourself. Um, and also you've got to, got to try and enjoy it, even if it's not your thing. Um, and that's one of the things I've, you know, I've really got my head round in that you've got to promote yourself. You've got to promote yourself to your ideal clients um, in a way that is not salesy, but it's actually authentic. And it's something that, you know, you learn over time. Uh, and it's not about advertising. It's just about marketing what, what you do, why you do it. Uh, and that's obviously motivations are very much in line with why we do things, not how we do things. Um, so it, 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 if you can understand that on an individual basis, it links in quite well with when you start setting the reason why your business exists, you can think about how that fits in with your why and the business why. And going back to the family business scenario, if, you've, if you've, you understand what motivates the team, you can then think about, well, okay, these are the motivations. We've got to think about how we, we use that information to set our values and set our vision and, and so that that's all being taken care of naturally within the business. Would you say there is like a trend like with people leading family businesses and people having sole partnership? Like, would you say it's a difference on what motivates one party or another? Definitely from one generation to the other. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And that's where people start misunderstanding one another because they, they take certain um, actions as meaning something, um, but it probably doesn't mean what they're thinking. It's because um, you tend to find, as I explained, that the, 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 maybe the, the older generation are more focused on freedom, uh, making a difference, whereas the younger generation will be maybe more focused on belonging um, and creating something else around that sort of idea. Um, because you know the, the other stuff comes later on. It's about actually feeling you belong to something first. It, when you start in a, in a business, whether it's a family business or any business, really, in most cases, you want to feel that you belong and that you are have some connection to the business. Uh, and that's where you can have a bit of a disconnect between different generations. Um, and just by understanding the different motivations throughout those different generations, it could just lead to better understanding and, mis and less conflicts and, and, um, and the problems that come from that. So we all talk about leadership though. And sometimes we, for, we focus, I feel like we focus a lot more on leadership on business compared to like even family. Okay. Mm. Especially on the teenagers, that's where you kind of feel like you need to belong somewhere. You are a little lost, not ne necessarily physically lost, but you're trying to explore to what you're going to do because you're going to make a decision for the rest mm. of your life. What did you say as a leader, uh, the, the leaders, there are parents, what advice would you tell, give them or tips and tricks to help this new employees that are completely lost on the company of life? Okay. So is this still in the family, family business or any business? Um, family business, uh, typically. Yeah. Okay. That's, or, or any business, whichever one. Well, I think it's relevant for any business, really. It's, it's understanding that when you have new employees, they are going to bring with them new ideas. And that's a healthy thing to have. We know in the, in, in the world that we live in that things are constantly changing. They're fast changing, and that's only going to get faster and faster with all the technology that's coming in all, all the time. It's, and it's understanding that everyone's got something to offer. Um, so it's so the old guard, the people that have been running for the business for a long time, they've got to embrace that um, and actually give a voice to everyone. Make sure everyone has the, the feeling that they can say something without repercussions, repercussions and understand that they're, they're taken seriously. 
Uh, and that's what I see a lot is that the younger um, employees that are coming through aren't really taken serious enough um, because they've got, you know, they've got great things to offer uh, and they can see the world for what it is and because they've been brought up in the reality of what, you know, the world has to offer now. Whereas the older generation, you know, it's all been sort of a bit of a whirlwind and haven't re they haven't probably grasped the possibilities uh, that are now available to all businesses. So be more like towards nourishing and towards helping this new generation because this new generation is going to be the leading people at one point uh, and bring, bring up, you know, welcome their new ideas to the table. Definitely. I think if you have, um, you know, if you've got a family council or whichever way you're going to set up your family business or any business, really, you've got to embrace what everybody thinks and give everybody a voice. And that's when the magic happens. Because if, if you allow the old school and the people that are running the business just to carry on making their own decisions, it's not that they would make bad decisions. But the thing is, if they listened and give everybody an opportunity to sound out and, and have a voice, then that's, that's a fantastic thing to have. And to encourage that, then people actually feel that they belong. They see things that we, they might have suggested get introduced. So that just adds to them feeling more connected to the business. Whereas if they just, they come in, they're ignored. They just have to do things the same the way that things have been done for a, you know, for a long time, then ultimately they're going to lose um, interest and, and potentially they could be thinking about leaving, which would be a sad thing to happen. You mentioned a very uh, great point, which I want to kind of focus on. One of my, the phases that I highly dislike is this is how things are always done. Mm -hmm. um, and especially in family business, because you might have first or second generation running the business. So this is how things are done. And whenever it change, it's mm -hmm. not, a, it's not very easy on a small uh, family business that, you know, they're not, may not be as open-minded to welcome new ideas. How do you overcome that? Do you, does the, whoever is in charge has to step away for a minute and get extra training? Like how, how do you make that change? Well, just to give an example of what I did um, when I was running, uh, when I was involved with our family business, my um, dad was still in charge as such. Um, I had um, a, a, a passion for innovation, bringing new things in. Um, so I, that was a thing that I focused on. And um, one of the things that I wanted to do was bring in um, the scanning systems that we, we come to, you know, obviously we expect them to be in stores these days, but back in all in the 80s 1980s then they weren't quite so common so we had to make a decision I was very keen to do it and I had to persuade my dad to basically you know give the go-ahead and it took some time and I just had to be persevere with it I had to be you know had to sell the concept constantly really really get behind it and it's almost like being a salesman you've got to be you've got to sell the thing um, don't if, you, if it doesn't work the first time, you just keep coming back and just keep keep chipping away because ultimately they'll start to listen. So if anybody that is getting frustrated that, that what, what the ideas aren't being implemented or they're not being heard, then I suggest you just try and just be a bit more vocal. Just be, you know, I'm worth listening to. I've got some ideas um, and just keep chipping away. Keep being persistent. Persistence, yes, indeed. <laughs> so um, recently you also launched a podcast. I did. As yep. a fellow podcaster, I know that's a lot of energy, a lot of, you know, it's time consuming, mm. but it's like a child of yours is being born and like people from all over the world can listen to it. Indeed, tell, us, yeah. tell us a little bit about your new podcast. So um, we say new, but it's coming up to about a year ago. I started it in December 2018. Um, there's uh, 40, 40 odd episodes. I do one most weeks. Um, it's called The Reluctant Leader Podcast. Um, and the, the reason I started it was that I, w I just wanted to have a resource that I could, first of all, get um, some guests on that I can talk about some topics that were rele relevant to a, a leadership role. And we cover all sorts of things from mental health, physical health, um, attitudes, all those things that are, are all the, you know, the complicated mix of being a good leader. Uh, and we just talk about it for sort of 30 odd minutes. Uh, and then we always leave um, the listener with three top tips. Um, and also the key thing is, is the, the, right at the beginning of the podcast, I always ask my guests, why do you do what you do? 
uh, and what was the pivotal moment that took you down that path and that that really sometimes that is quite a quite a big big thing because they un, they sort of un, um tell us their story about where where they where they began and and, and why they do what they do and, and that's obviously connected to the passion behind their business so yeah that's so yeah it's good fun the thing is that's the thing if you do something you'll carry on doing it if you think if it's fun and i and i guess you're you're the same and that you, you enjoy doing podcasts so let me ask you this mark hmm. Why do you do what you do? What is the actual root like of what you do? Um, well, I do uh, what I do. What I do is is because I want to help those people that have, have maybe are feeling a bit out of their out of depth, feeling that they lack the skills, feeling a bit isolated in their leadership role, and I know that I can help them with that. In that, um, with with three things, um, the mindset firstly. Um, once you know and understand the mindset, um, I'm, when I say mindset, it's about a balance between um, challenge and support, which is one of the things that you have to get uh, in equal measures. Once you understand that concept, which is the hub and, and the central core um, values, then we talk about a, a four-stage process uh, and then the skills at each, each point in that process. So you break it down into some sort of logical process that you can keep repeating. Uh, and that's well it's it's what I needed probably fifteen years ago when i when I landed my leadership role um and it would have helped me no end and it's it wasn't until I sold my business that I came across the the program that I deliver and also the the tools like uh, motivational maps and um the color persona, which is about um, behavioral types which just helps you understand you know how how to interact with others how to get better better results and ultimately leadership is all about how to positively influence others and if you can understand how to do that then your, your role is going to be so much easier but i feel like sometimes leadership is misunderstood because people uh are managers and not leaders like they mm. instead of if a, a right leader will help everybody go to a higher position compared to a manager that's just going to hold you accountable for whatever you're doing and not necessarily guide you where you can succeed even outside of the business wherever you're working at. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a big difference between managing a leader and a leading. Um, a leader was will always try to do the right thing, whereas a manager will just um, you know just manage and run run the processes which have been set. So anything outside those they, they don't tend to go um off that sort of track uh, and I, I think leadership is about as i mentioned about understanding that you have to be supportive to your team uh, and give them the support they need but in the equal measures you need to challenge them because if you don't challenge them they don't progress uh, and one of the skills of a good leader is understanding that to notice potential in each one of your team members and challenge them to bring that quality out that you see that you know sometimes you can't see it in yourself and you need someone actually to help you to develop uh, and the best leaders i know are those people that really put an arm around your shoulder when you need support but also give you a bit of a um, kick in the right direction and, uh, and you know because they know that you can do it they're not they're not sending you into a situation of um, high risk and um stress than just knowing that you know you need to push your boundaries and i know you can do it from that point of view from a genuine uh, point of view um so so that's that's the most important thing as i as, as i see it and the difference between a manager and a leader is that you are looking for potential in people not just managing them uh, and, and and on the day-to-day -day sort of um routines it's about actually seeing potential and bringing your team on so ultimately um, you could say that you are constantly trying to make yourself redundant by um, developing your team. So um, you mentioned where you, the type of programs and the coaching that you do right now, it's something that you wish it was available to you about 15 years ago. Is there a situation or um, a time where you saw somebody and you helped them through the process and you kind of saw young you in them at, that, at some point? <laughs> Um, is yes. there a story that you like to share with us? Well, I've had a, a number of those uh, those things happen actually because I, I see a lot of what someone's doing that I used to do, and I know that it's not quite the right thing to do. They're in the wrong mindset, 
Um, and, I, and it's not like you can change that overnight, but you just need to have to, to keep chipping away, you know. And one one you know uh, one particular client of mine springs to mind, and he was doing much of what I would suggest is what I was doing was actually being far too supportive for his team, wondering why he was w working hardest, wonder why his team wasn't developing. And it was because he was actually just mopping up everything behind everyone. He wasn't being challenging enough. He wasn't expecting enough of them. Um, and ultimately, you know, any leader that complains that their team isn't doing what they want them to do has to put, you know, they have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, well, actually, is this something to do with what I'm doing or what I'm not doing? Is this a reflection of m my leadership? And in vast majority of, uh, of uh, situations, that is going to be the case, is that it's, it's a reflection on you as a leader. Unfortunately, that is the case. But if you can actually take it as a positive and start changing some of those habits, and there are, you know, some key habits that, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is understand that you've got to keep, you've got to catch people doing things right. Um, it's not something we naturally do as a, as a, as a, um, you know, human beings. Um, we're good at catching people doing things wrong. It's like a, a natural thing that we've all been trained to do, but we're not, we've not been trained to catch people doing things right. But the thing is, we need to catch people doing things right three or four times more often than we catch them doing things wrong. You know, and it's, it's, it's like being a parent. You know, you know, you've got to catch your kids doing things right. And, and also you've got to catch people doing things, your kids doing things uh, wrong as well. Uh, it's about being, you know, um, uh, balanced. So that it's not just your role to, to catch, you know, the, the problems. It's actually understanding when something's going well, you notice, notice it you feedback what you've seen and actually you just encourage more of that behavior and ultimately that works for you and it will work for the employee as well because they understand that what they're doing is the right thing to do. Sounds a bit trivial, but it does make a mass massive difference. I know it does. That's a very great point that you brought up, catching people doing the right thing, because often it just like that restaurant survey, like everybody's going to leave that bad review, but nobody goes back and leaves that awesome review. So you have to give props to somebody when they're doing things right. So this way they're also building a reputation. And I feel like us as humans, sometimes we might make a mistake, but if we have 10 brownie points, if it's just one less, then it's okay. It shows that we're actually putting work into it. Um, so I, I, that is a very great point that you actually brought up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's key. It's one of the key um, secrets to good leadership is um, catching people doing things right. And also the, you know, the balance between challenge and support, you know, fundamental really. And I feel like sometimes leaders, because they, um, they want to help with everything, and I'm one of the people to blame in here, too, that I learned the wrong way, mm -hmm. uh, the hard way, I would have to say, is not good at delegating work. Because you definitely, especially if you're a dominant character or a controller, like you want to, because you want to make sure everything is done perfect, but you're not delegating work cross enough that it's you overwhelming yourself and you're not, have, you're not putting trust on your team. Have you run into situations like that? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, delegation, because you don't, you don't want to do it too soon, but you obviously do, you want to do it at the right time. It's understanding the right time to delegate. And, and ultimately, if you delegate and something goes exactly as you have, um, would expect it to go, then that's a clear indication that you've been really being clear and explicit. And the, another one of the key skills that I teach is about being explicit about what you you want everyone to do and uh, and and once you see that behavior obviously notice it make sure that that, that it's noticed and then after a time you don't have to even mention it because it's it's almost in, ingrained in the in the culture and how things are done um and i talk about when i'm talking about leadership and i talk about being explicit i actually talk about again in the domestic scenario is is if you are if you're a parent um, and you have children, if you said to them that I want you to go and just tell them, I want you to go and tidy your bedroom, that just by saying that, it, it indicates that they can go and tidy the bedroom up in whichever way they want to, whichever, whatever tidy means to them. So that isn't being particularly explicit. What you need to be, if you're going to be more explicit, is to say, Johnny, can you go and um, tidy your bedroom? And that means make your bed, put all your clothes either in the wardrobe or in the wash basket, 
um, you know, clear your desk and, and vacuum and all those things. So it's being clear about what you expect. And, that, and that's another thing that leaders don't do enough is they're not explicit enough exactly what they want um, because they hold back. They think that this person is, is an expert in what they do. And so they don't want to be explicit thinking that they're demeaning them or something. But actually, people need that direction. They need to know exactly what you expect. And that's, again, what, you know, a lot of the time I see problems developing because that's not being clear. They're not being explicit enough in that exactly what they're expecting. So it's kind of like breaking it down to steps and like a to-do list or smaller steps to get to the final conclusion, which is very helpful. So it's the right guidance, like tidying the room. That was a great example because you say one, two, three, four, this needs to be done in order for the whole thing to be completed. Yeah. So you, you set you set the standards that you expect and, you know, you're explicit. So that and once that starts happening, you notice it and you feedback. say yes, that's great. That's what I want to see each time. Great. And after a while, you won't need to have to keep saying it because, you know, it will be ingrained in, in, in everyone's, you know, they just know it. So they just get on and do it that way. So you don't have to keep on. But initially you do. And that's the thing. You have to understand when you can you know, when you need to be explicit and also when you can actually get to a point when you can delegate uh, at the right time. So, uh, Mark, is there, like, first off, I want to absolutely thank you for all the information. I feel like this conversation is great and it is a lot of uh, earning moments, for, teaching moments for me as well and reflecting that I'm thinking on my own as well. So I'm hoping all my listeners out there learn at least one new thing, just like I say mm -hmm. per episode. Yep. But is there any new and exciting projects that you have coming out soon? Well, I've just started developing an online uh, platform for some online courses, which is uh, quite exciting. Um, currently, there's only one course. Um, and um, depending on when this podcast actually goes live, uh, there might be some more. Um, so that's my latest project. I'm developing online courses. And also each year, I'm going to be running an, a leadership program where I enroll people for, um, a, um, for about a week. And then I take them through my seven steps of leadership, um, what I call my measure program, take them through those, those key skills and uh, processes that they need to be a great leader. Um, and then once they've completed that, they can join my membership, which is uh, the Reluctant Leader Success um, Blueprint and uh, the leadership prog program leads into the membership site. So to, well, the, the reason why I set it up that way is so that, um, I think often people in a leadership position quite feel quite um, isolated and lonely in, in a way. So if you can bring people together in a similar situation and, and have the support with others going through the same thing and in that same position, I think it helps in another way to, to, um, to share your challenges. So, so that, yeah, that's, that's where I'm going at the moment and it's all very exciting and but yes, it's, uh, it's all good. That's, that's exciting. Is that only available in UK? No, no, you can find it. It's on, it's on the, the web. You'll find it um, www.thereluctantleaderacademy. And you'll see all the details there. As that develops, you'll see there's the uh, mini courses and you'll see the landing page to register if you're interested on in the leadership program, which, as I explained, we, we, I'll open it up two or three times a year and then just take those people that signed up through that course. That's exciting. I'll go ahead and share that website too. So all the audience out there, I know we have a lot of audience from UK, but um, a lot of mm -hmm. my American audience as well can definitely join because I can oh, tell yeah. I've, I've learned a lot during this conversation as well. Fabulous. Yeah. No, Mark, um, my, uh, before I do jump to my final question, which we all know what the final question is, is there anything else that you would like to add to our conversation or anything else that you would like to add uh, or uh, tell our speakers, our listeners? So one thing I'd like to offer the listeners is that um, I'd offer a 50% discount on any of my courses that they find. And so if they go to my website, uh, the, the, the website I just mentioned, the Academy site, um, and they enter FM podcast, then they'll automatically get 50% um, discount up until the end of uh, 2020. So okay. Um, so if, if um, yes, so if they listen to this, they go to the website and use that code, they'll, they'll get those mini courses for, for free. And I highly recommend doing the How to Stay Energized at Work uh, course 
um, because what you get within that course is a free motivational map or say free is part of the course but that's that's well worth doing understanding what motivates you will, will put set you apart from most other people because you can then make better decisions for you and your, for your business and for your career that's awesome so you'd like them to use rm or fl podcast um your well you what do you think matches um let's use rm podcast rm podcast yes yes because we have rm and fl in our podcast name that's amazing you guys how much how much percent did you say off 50 percent half that's price. awesome okay that's okay. half price for all my listeners all everywhere just go ahead and use rm podcast yeah uh, once you log into the promotion at the check checkout po point i'm assuming that's right yeah Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. So this yeah, way, a the coupon code you'll see, and you just put in it. You put RM podcast in there. I'll make sure that you get fifty percent discount. That is amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I awesome. mean, this is Pleasure. like the highlight too. Like you guys get to learn, <laughs> and also you get a good additional training with fifty percent off. That's awesome. My pleasure. Uh, I'm excited for this. Thank you for offering that to our audience. And uh, my very last question: What is your definition of success? My definition of success would be that you are, you have full control over your time and you um, can do what you like without having to question too many people. Uh, and I think that's when you get to a point that you are successful. I don't, I don't um, think it's all about money. It's actually be having a, a balance in your life and the more control you have over that balance, the better. Nice. I like that answer. And I'm st I still haven't run into the person that just say X amount of money. Like I still say <laughs> in every podcast, I wonder if somebody's just going to say a million dollars just because I know I'm looking for that answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. If, that. if that's what you think is success, that's your, that's your idea. That's fine. I, I, I don't um, judge people on that. <laughs> well, Mark, I definitely want to thank you so much for taking your time and being a part of RM podcast. And also we say Reluctant Leaders Academy. If you guys go check out at the checkout page, you put RM podcast, you will receive 50% off the training courses, which is amazing. And if all my audience would like to hear awesome interviews, just like this one, do not forget guys to tune in every Tuesday on all major podcast platforms out there. Mark, anything else you would like to add? No, no, that's fantastic. And also check out the Reluctant Leader podcast if you're interested in um, leadership stuff too. Absolutely. And go ahead and send Mark, tell Mark that Romina sent you. <laughs> you <laughs> Indeed. You guys have a great rest of the day. Thank you for tuning in.